Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Bessas Hashem, BPW number 48, that's by Spanimi Shear for Women, Shear number 48. We're talking about Shehakal Bara Lechvaydai, that everything is created in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's honor, that Bracha is with us every single day of our lives, in our married lives in particular, and in all aspects of married lives. And we started to talk about various um, aspects of intimacy, and the responsibilities, and and also the idea of that it's not just a matter of chiyuvim, but rather to focus on the relationship. And what comes up very often is, you know, what if I'm not in the mood? You know, can I tell my husband, wife, whatever, that I'm not in the mood and I just don't feel like being intimate, even when it was scheduled? And the truth is, is that a husband and wife can love each other very, very much, be extremely devoted to one another and love each other profoundly, but their desires and preferences sexually will not always align. But they could take practical steps to make their sexual desires more in sync with one another, and that is an important part for both husband and wife to do that. Generally, as a general aside, when two people are committed to one another, they want to deepen their commitment to one another, they will seek to meet each other halfway. Step number one of that is to communicate, to listen carefully to each other, to talk to each other about the, the variances and desires that are taking place, to understand that disparity, to understand the factors that contribute to the lack of desire. It could be stress, it could be personality, it could be um, certain emotional aspects, or whatever it is. But... Again, you know, everyone, husbands need to know this, and we'll, we do bring it up on the other side. Wives need to know this, that it's okay for either one to say, you know, tonight, that tonight doesn't work for me, and, but I would love to take a rain check for another night and articulate it in that way. If you do it that way, then there's no sting of rejection. You love them, you want to be with them, but you're very worn out and this and but the idea is though is that rain check day is a real day for another night. It's not postponed and that also shows that ahava, that when you take up that quote unquote rain check, when you postponed a scheduled uh, intimate night, then that other night that was not scheduled, that rain check night means a lot because you're really holding it up. You're saying, you see, I truly, truly loved you just last night. I just couldn't. I was just overwhelmed or just overtired or, or whatever it is. Then there is no hurt feelings and there is a love between the two. Now, sometimes it's important, both men and women that are not up to it, sometimes, like I said, every time they have a right to basically say no, but they also could try to respond even though they're not up to it initially. And what happens very often, and again, Michelle Reno Davis brings this down, and in the book, Holy Intimacy by Sarah Marazov and Rivka Slanen bring it down, based on testimonials of, of wives that just attest to this, that initially they may not have been up to it, but when they get involved in it, and they they allow their their husband's interest, and they allow it to come across. They get swept along with it, and the desire comes through, and their physical pleasure is deepened by that. That you've done something special and meaningful for the relationship to someone you love, and ironically, very often 
it comes out that that spouse, in this case, let's say the wife, who was not interested and pushed herself somewhat, enjoyed it a lot more than the husband himself, and vice versa. But the bottom line is, is we said this very aside, that no one should be afraid. That's part of the marriage relationship. If someone is afraid to say, no, there's an issue there, needs to be an issue where there's such a trust and a loving connection where if one is really not up to it, they should not be afraid to say, I'm not up to it right now. Let's take a rain check and not be afraid and not be intimidated and not feel the pressure. And that's the goal to reach that point, that there should be really that true honesty for one another. But at the same time, both husband and wife need to realize that they could also not have to wait necessarily for the perfect scenario to be intimate. It doesn't always have to be perfect. It doesn't always have to be when you're both fully, fully rested. It's a famous line that is brought down a lot. Perfect is the enemy of good. You'll know sometimes in the intimate life it'll be short. So that allows you to give a license to say yes. So I'll, I'll give you just an example. Let's say in, in your intimate life, um, it, it extends, the time extends for a while because you spend time with one another, uh, with the foreplay, the afterplay, and it could you could be with each other for a 45-minute period, an hour period plus in the, that. So sometimes in some situations when you're both somewhat tired, you, you basically work with each other. You know something, normally we spend a lot of time, but I, we, I need to get to sleep earlier because I'm very, very tired or I'm getting up early the next morning. And you work out between yourselves to shorten it. That normally you're with each other and you're, you hold each other and you're with each other for an hour plus. But tonight we're only going to do that for 30 minutes, for 20 minutes. You work it out. That in those eights that you do, then you don't have to automatically eliminate a, a scheduled intimacy night. But you could shorten it based on the situation, based on the matzah. Another thing to always remember is when we talk about bittel, we're talking about giving up your desire for a higher cause. It is never ever meant to be this concept of being a shmata, of being a doormat. It is the opposite. People very often have this notion of when we talk about Kabbalah's oil, accepting the yoke of heaven, that you're just a robot. Or when you talk about Kedusha, that you just this despise anything that is connected to physical pleasure. And in this case, when you talk about bittel, of giving up to one another in the intimate aspects, even though you're not up to it to really try to extend yourself to please your husband or wife, whichever, whichever way it goes, this bittel is not being a doormat, is, is not what they call pity sex, which we discussed in other places. That's when a person is simply doing it just to appease the other person. That is very uh, not healthy. But rather, it's simply that because of a mutual love and a mutual connection, it, they, it, it, you welcome sexual intimacy, even if it's not high right now on your priority list at this moment. Because you value your spouse and you value the relationship. That is not pity sex. That is not being a shmata. That is bittel of a healthy kind, where you're saying that it is a it is a um, value to the relationship because I love my husband, I love my wife, that I'm going to extend myself to do that. 
Intimacy you share with your husband is indeed a very, very important thing. And to plan accordingly to welcome that. Sometimes to take a nap if you can, to make the time to do that, to make the time to relax before, like in those shiurim, uh, when we discuss with Rivka Sidorsky, uh, she brings those concepts and those ideas and to try to practice that. Mikvah nights, uh, if there's things that your husband can do to make it easier for you, uh, that he could support you with in helping you take care of certain things so it's easier for you that night to clear it up and to make it less pressured for you, then talk to your husband about it and help have him try to do his best to make things easier for you that night and taking care of the children or or doing some things so that you should have a a, a, a more less pressurized um, night uh, mikvah night things like that and husbands need to understand and that we are, do discuss it a lot that many women many wives need a build up to intimacy you can't just jump in straight and sometimes you need to communicate with your husband that you need that type of um, connection, emotional connection through the course of the day or helping with the children during the course of the day, showing that you're loved, showing that you're, support, that you, that, that you're supported, showing that you're being taken care of so that when it comes intimacy, it becomes a joy rather than just a chore. Very often in married life, uh, intimacy becomes more like a chore of what, what those, that, that you just, just need to do. Now again, it's very, very important to understand this, and then some of you will know this, that although stereotypically it is a husband that is more into it, has a higher drive, and, and, the, and the wife less so, very often it could be reverse. And sometimes, shocking enough, even husbands that generally have that higher drive, there's some husbands that the, the wives sometimes felt a little bit um, also like like either pressured or just that it's 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 it was hard for them to accommodate because they have a lower interest and the husband has a very high interest, and it took it takes a lot of work to 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 try to align. Of course, meet as best as possible in the middle, but what happens a lot of, often is that husbands it happens in their stages in their life where normally they do have that high drive and interest. And then either because of pressure at work or other types of emotional pressures or not feeling 100% well, that libido drops and all of a sudden they're very tired and every night they just want to f- go to sleep and they're puzzled themselves that they're normally so interested. And they love their wives. There's nothing to do with any type of rift or anything like that, chas But they just simply lost that interest. They're exhausted and they want to be left alone. And then... At that point, uh, some wives say that, that they got get a little disconcerted. In other words, this very uh, quote unquote annoyance that normally they feel this, uh, you know, they, they they always are into it, and I have to try to accommodate to that. But when they're not, it's alarming to them because, and then they realize how much they really need it and miss it, and vice versa. Everything I'm saying here goes both ways. Where you sometimes feel relieved when the libido goes down in the other spouse. Because okay, now I don't I have less pressure, quote unquote. But a- after a while, you're not relieved anymore. You become concerned, or you even feel lonely of the fact that, or that they lost a lot of that interest. So the key really is is that healthy intimacy is truly, truly a a a a, a, a good thing, a healthy thing. Of course, to meet halfway, to be menschlich to each other about it, and to connect in that way. 
ultimately by connecting in outside the bedroom and emotionally and spiritually as well. Then after Shahakal Baruch the next bracha in the Sheva brachas is Baruch Ata Hashem Alekeinu Melech Ha'olam Adam, the Creator of Man. Yoytzer Adam, that Hashem created man. And unlike other species, they were born in pairs, Zachar and Akeva Bara Isam, they were initially created as two beings, male and female, that will mate with each other and, and, and propagate the earth. By animals it's like that. By Adam it was not like that. Adam was created alone to show and whether it was the rib, whether it was two sides of the of the of the of the body, front of you know, each one facing whatever way, as the Chazal say, but a Kal Chasan and the Kala, they realize that before they become one unit, they're individual, alone, separate entities, and then when marriage comes, they it's like like a reunion and a fusion. And that reunion and effusion does not mean that you become totally bottled, that you're not a personality anymore, and to have that unhealthy codependence. What it does mean is, is that you take your individuality, and now you connect souls together to make a whole unified one whole, but with appreciating all the parts to that whole. The Gemara says, you first try to fix yourself and your own character or you adorn yourself, and only then, when warranted, you give advice to others. This is a so true mostly in all of interpersonal relationships, but more with married life. With married life, we have to really take an index card and put this and think about it and try to practice this. First fix and adorn yourself. And then you give advice to others when needed in the right way. And this is so important in all aspects, including sexuality. Just like people have different degrees of appetites for food and all other types of things, their libidos vary as well. And even though the male libido, like we said, often is more consistent and more powerful generally and, and more um, strong, than the female, but very often the opposite is true as well. And what happens is, we said this before a few times, but it's important to know, and in the Shiurim with Rivka Sidorsky and others that we brought up, they bring this point out a lot. Generally speaking, by a female, by the woman, the sexual arousal and their satisfaction is more responsive, meaning it's dependent upon the context and environment. In other words, they don't automatically have that sexual desire out of the blue that comes over them. Generally speaking, they don't have that. Generally speaking, that desire comes from a previous um, connection of a husband showing their emotional love and then their sexual interest. And then the wife responds to that subsequently. A man, it's different. Usually it's pretty much spontaneous. It's visually oriented and then it's spontaneous. A woman, on the other hand, generally speaking, again, it's generally speaking, needs to have that experience of intimacy, a combination of emotional and physical sensations, sometimes hugging and caressing, snuggling, sharing thoughts, sharing emotions in a deep way. And only then does the desire for sexual intimacy get stirred within them and moved within them. Now, it's not always true. 
women could experience spontaneous desire as well. As well, and there are some men that can't. They need that also responsive desire. But generally speaking, it's like that. And what the misconception is is that responsive sexual arousal, meaning that you get sexually aroused only when there is a interest shown and some acts taking place beforehand is no less powerful than the spontaneous sexual arousal. No less potent, no less real. And that is hard sometimes for a husband and wife to understand this. Sometimes they feel that if one of them, usually it's the husband, but it could go the other way around. If the one of them, let's say in this case, the husband is spontaneously always sexually interested, without much of of needing any previous stimulation. While a wife needs that, it is a misconception to think that the wife's sexuality and yearning is any less real or any less deep or any less powerful. That is not true. It is basically an idea that, generally speaking, it's not static. It waxes and wanes like the moon because of biological factors, because of psychological factors, and everything, all these factors of fatigue, illness, or children, or hormonal fluctuations, or or pregnancy, or, or, or nursing, or menopause, mental health, all this plays a role in the sexual experience. And many husbands don't understand this, and many women suffer because of this, because they think that the sexual responses have to be exactly in mirror and in sync with their husbands, or the husbands with their wives, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. The vast majority of women will not climax simultaneously with their husband. Generally speaking, women need more time to do so. Sometimes you need manual stimulation to achieve a climax. Hashem, and 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 in this book, Holy Intimacy, and it's not the first time I saw this, I saw this in many other places, as a thought that perhaps that Hashem created their bodies so differently from one another to remind them that intimacy is about focusing on one another. And it's about our differences and bonding with that differences. That is what creates that deep connection between a husband and a wife. With animals, it doesn't work that way. They have certain seasons when they're naturally inclined to mate, and then they mate. And the and the female animal and the male animal are very much in sync with each other, and they respond to each other in the equal way, however it works, because Hashem put it in their brains, in their times, with that instinct, and it goes perfectly, and they're aligned with each other. Hashem did not make that it that way with humans. Hashem made it on purpose, where they're, they are very different in the time and in their, and in their uh, bodies, how they respond to sexual stimulation. Where for one, generally the male, it comes very quickly and it releases very quickly. And then the downturn after that of pleasure goes down tremendously and it takes a while to build it back up. While by a woman, it works totally different, it takes more time, but when it happens, it could last longer. All of this is what Hashem is saying he doesn't want to make life difficult for us for the sake of making life difficult for us. It's a generally a sight in Yiddishkeit and in Hashkafa to know anyway. The idea of any seemingly difficulty is he wants you to achieve a greater good and a higher plane of even physical pleasure, certainly a spiritual uplifting 
Therefore, in this case, Hashem made it different from one another so that when they do work with each other and they accommodate each other, the husband holds back some of his sexual desires to hold back in order to please his wife. And a wife does whatever she does to accommodate him. That's not, you know, normally, maybe not be natural for her. And she gets accommodating and used to doing that both ways. This is what Hashem wants, where He's saying, I created you differently and your bodies respond differently, but I want you to work with one another to please each other, to help each other, to support each other. And that is part of the tachlis of why Hashem created their bodies so differently and their sexual responses generally in such a different way. And we spoke about if sometimes you need, you could, it, there's no harm in talking to a therapist or a kala teacher or a mashpia, confidentiality in that way to help with this area in life and always felt and I think it really should as part of the curriculum of a chassan and a kala teacher teaching a young couple there are a lot of things yes before the chassana right before you get more graphic and you do explain things in a more spelling things out but very often though there's certain things you can't really teach as they're not married yet and then when it's three months later six months later to come back and create courses for newlyweds that already had some sexual experience of being with one another after six six months of marriage, for example, or four months of marriages, for example, to come back and have professional um, men for men, women for women, or maybe a man and a woman with couple coming together, doing it the right way, Taradika way, to teach them and to show them and to give them techniques on how to make that physical intimate aspect of it more pleasant and more be- more better and enhance it. This is something that is not a comfortable subject and may not even be practical to teach even right before the chasana, but rather afterwards when they already um, were with each other and now they need a little help with that to train that. That would be most likely very, very important. Bez Hashem will be mamshich in discussing this bracha of Yitzhara Adam and the ramifications of it and the beautiful aspects of it in the upcoming shir. Bracha and atzlacha.